The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. What a day. What a day in Indy. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and all the Huskers and Big Ten talk you want to hear. Numbers to get in today, 466-3776-466-3776-1-800-825-5865. We are loaded up for your Thursday live from Big Ten Media Days. We'll hear from Joel Klatt, Barry Alvarez, uh, stopped by. Elijah, who else do we have, man? I mean, I am punch drunk right now. I've gone two minutes uh, with, uh, with with Mike Tyson, it feels like. I need to pep and step my game up. We'll be talking to Scott Frost here in about uh, uh, about five minutes or so. Coach, uh, kind enough, and big thanks to Scott Frost and Keith Mann for making one more stop uh, on the day. Uh, Deontay Williams, Ben Stilley. Uh, going to be with us also Austin Allen. Great stuff from Austin Allen. And uh, P.J. Fleck also stopped by and, and plenty more. Uh, James Laronitis, standout for, for Ohio State, a linebacker, uh, will be uh, between today and tomorrow with us. So it's been uh, been awesome. And Elijah, quite honestly, been doing a lot of Big Ten media days and even Big 12 media days back in the day. And the hotels are cool. The, uh, the the uh, the the coffee's great, but this setup here, man, at Lucas Oil's fantastic. It is a one-stop shop between the BTN set, the stage, and uh, of course uh, the, the the individual breakdowns, and then the the radio and table setup is pretty good. We'll hear from Trev Alberts. Got to talk to Trev a little bit as well. That's um, uh, that's uh, on the docket. How have you been? Have you been fed? Have you been nourished? You know, you're getting a bottle of vodka when I get back because you've been incredible today, sir. Well, you've been pretty good out there as well, doing some interviews. Uh, it's not all me back here. Don't don't don't, don't give me all the credit. <laughs> uh, but I've been good. My uh... <laughs> there's an armed guard at the door, which doesn't allow you to leave. So <laughs> yeah, well, my uh, one you're of my good. one you're of my good. roommates came and dropped me off lunch, so that was always well appreciated. I uh, I had a lot of coffee this morning. I uh, had a little monster going as well. Uh, I'm just I'm really not used to being up at 5 a.m. like I was today. But you know what? You do what you got to do for Big Ten Media Days. This is one of the biggest days of the year. It is. It's outstanding. Uh, Rick Pizzo's doing awesome. He says what's up to, to Husker Nation. So that is cool. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and check out some of the interviews. Uh, we are posting uh, the, the video portion of the interview. I uh, got a face for radio. Uh, tip your waiters. That's the oldest and best media joke there is. But there, there is uh, 
<laughs> there is video evidence that these have all been done. That is going to be posted on ESPN Lincoln, also at Hale Varsity, and uh, on uh, the ESPN Lincoln Facebook. So check out the social channels. Be sure to tune in to KFOR tomorrow morning for day two of media days. But let's start off, Elijah, with some Trev Alberts, uh, of course, Nebraska's new athletic director, joined us uh, a little more than a week ago uh, for a really cool one-on-one. But uh, more in-depth discussion here uh, from Trev uh, when it comes to the the measurement of success, right? What What is the new boss wanting from his football coach? Coach uh, Frost and, and Trev have, have met uh, more than a handful of times already. Things are good. We'll hear from Scott Frost on Trev Alberts in a moment. But uh, here is Trev uh, on the growth aspect and not necessarily the numbers next to a W or an L. I can promise you, you will never hear me talk about numbers of wins, uh, low or high. It's just not, you know, I'm really focused on, you know, again, just narrowing our focus. I like incremental growth, you know, and, you know, looking at the small fundamental things, because ultimately those things lead to what we all want. Right. And, and listen, Elijah, it's pretty simple. Is the team better? You can say yes. Uh, you can also say, you know what, the team may have won nine games, but, man, it wasn't as, as good as the 8-4 the and four team or the 8-5 and five team when you look at strength of schedule. In Nebraska football fans, you know it when you see it when it comes to improvement and success, and you can see that on Saturdays. You saw a boatload of improvement by Nebraska football when they took the field against Penn State last year, just as an example, right? You saw improvement from from game one uh, in 2018 to the Ohio State game where they were on fire. Uh, and then you saw uh, a little bit of a regression. You know, you, you, you circled the Illinois game, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the thing. Uh, so... Uh, a couple more thoughts here from, from Trev Alberts. You know it when you see it when it comes to measuring progress, growth, and success. Uh, what is Scott Frost's focus under Trev Alberts? Well, it's going to be coaching. It's going to be recruiting more from Trev. Coaches need to know that the, the coaches need to coach and recruit. You know, and, and I'm not suggesting that the apparatus was broken. Please don't, don't. But I'm really passionate about making sure that the coaches just have – nothing to worry about, um, can control what they can control, focus on the fundamentals of what it is they do. I mean, Scott Frost is the head football coach here because he knows football and he knows how to recruit and the rest of our staff. And so I'm going to work really hard to make sure that uh, he's comfortable in knowing that uh, the apparatus around the football program is operating appropriately and he doesn't have to worry. So that is Trev Alberts. Uh, do your thing. Coach, recruit, and then turn that into wins. Let's talk with Scott Frost. We heard from the head man here just a, a few moments ago here on Hale Varsity Live at Big Ten Media Days. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, uh, Media Days 2021, Lucas Oil Stadium, where we're at, uh, home of the Big Ten Championship game, head coach Scott Frost with us. Coach, thanks for stopping by. How's the, how's the day been? It's been a long day. They take me from one spot to another. I answer all the same questions over and over again. You're my last one, so yeah. good to see you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for obvious reasons, right? So I'm going to start off and and uh, and, and ask how, how uh, this summer's been when it comes to fishing. I mean, have you caught some big ones? Have you had time to fish? Have you had a little relaxation? I haven't fished as much as I want, so my wife and I are actually uh, building a house out at 
uh, Sandy Point in okay. Ashland. My mom and dad have been at uh, Thomas Lakes uh, since I was one. Uh, my grandpa bought a house out there, and there's good fishing there. And I've been a couple times with my wife and uh, Tim Carpenter. We were just talking yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, but I need more of that to get away whenever I have a chance. Sure. You uh, privy to you like crappie, you like walleye. If you're if you're drafting a fish to eat or grill. Well, eat or grill is probably uh, halibut. Okay. Um, to fish for it, fly fishing is my favorite thing. To be out in a, in a river waiting and, and throwing a fly. Okay. All right. Scott Frost with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. So we, we got the, the, the fishing out of the way. I want to talk about momentum. Thank you for asking me that, by the way, because uh, yeah? I, I'm, I'm tired of the other questions. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> now that we get to those. Now we can get to, now we can get to, to some, some football stuff. And you, you talked uh, a couple of different times today about momentum. And uh, you got a team that's, that's old and, and veteran and they're ready to take that step. Uh, you know a lot about creating momentum uh, with the teams you were on. You know, how do you communicate that and also put it on display Saturday? It, it, it's easy to talk about, but it comes down to doing, and it sounds like you feel pretty good about your kids. I feel great about the team. There's a whole different feel when you walk into our building right now. Um, and, again, I, I'm not here to overpromise. Um, I just know how much progress we've made from a cultural standpoint, from a talent and depth standpoint. Um, the kids are confident. They're excited. Uh, that being said, winning habits breed winning, and winning breeds more winning. And that speaks to the momentum. Uh, we're doing all the things right. Um, I can't wait to see these guys catch a little wind in their sails and see where they can take the ship. Scott Frost with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, Big Ten Media Days. Well, let's talk about Adrian, and uh, he has uh, done a lot for the program. I, I appreciated how... He handled things last year, uh, the ups and downs, and uh, was a really good teammate. And I'm anxious to hear from you uh, on Adrian and just, I guess, his excitement level. And, and I guess the also the, the other part being, you know, he slimmed down quite a bit. So from, a, from an agility and quickness standpoint, at least to my eyes, spring game-wise, he looked, uh, looked pretty electric. Yeah, he's an exceptional athlete, um, throws it really well. Um, I'll answer this different than I've answered it other times. You know, I, I went through the highs and lows as a quarterback at Nebraska. Um, there were times I was the probably most hated guy in the state of Nebraska and then finished maybe on the opposite end of the spectrum. And Adrian's lived pieces of both of that in uh, three years. Um, we tell him never let your highs be too high and your lows be too low. But he he's experienced all of that. Um I think he's comfortable with where he is. Uh, he's talented enough to compete to be the, honestly, to be the Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, we got better players around him. Um, he's in good shape, and, and he's confident. And uh, I, I feel for him when he goes through those things because um, the praise is always too great and the, and the blame is always too harsh. And uh, there's a lot that go, that a quarterback at Nebraska has to wear on his shoulders and he's worn that and and I think he's comfortable with it now uh with his role and the pressure and um I think he's primed to have a good year from a turnover and playmaking standpoint that's uh, it's a fine line you gotta walk as a quarterback and are you concerned about too much analysis to not make the mistake or do you feel good about that point now being able to go let it rip and 
yes, also take care of the football. Yeah, there's a fine balance. I want him to let it rip, but I'm not saying anything that's a secret to him. Uh, Rutgers game was a good example. He was, I, I'm going to miss it probably, but I think 24 or 28. You're right around with, there. Yeah. With, you know, so he missed four passes and uh, ran for scores and threw for scores, but he had two fumbles, two interceptions, and, and maybe one other bad read. And um, he's got plenty of talent to take us as far as this team wants to go, uh, but um, not any different from the rest of the team. As, as a group, we got to eliminate the bad place. And uh, not that I want him dwelling on those. I want him to go let it rip. But we have to be mindful of, of not um, having self-inflicted wounds that put us in a bad, worse position in a football game. Couple more minutes. Scott Frost with us here. Big Ten Media Days. Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, Coach, uh, a, a thought here as you open against Illinois, uh, Week Zero, and uh, just the opportunity there uh, that, that lies ahead with uh, kind of the spotlight. I mean, a, a great opportunity here, and uh, can add or really kind of kickstart that momentum you're talking about. Do you like opening so soon? I know it's not Ireland, but uh, it is uh, a conference opponent. Um. I like it. Um, you know, s- sooner or later, it'd be nice to have just a regular non-conference schedule. Uh, that being said, uh, I like getting a, a jump on the season. I like having two uh, bye weeks mixed throughout the season. Uh, it's a really important game. It's a division game. It's a conference game. Um, we're going to get our kids ready for it. Uh, we didn't play very well against those guys last year. Um uh, as disappointing a performance as, as we've had since I've been coach, uh, we need to play better against those guys this year, and I know we will. L- offensive line, uh, you look at uh, some of the youth, but also some experienced youth and then some older guys. Uh, it sounds like depth and talent are, are really kind of cohesive on that uh, really important part in, in league play with the line of scrimmage action. Uh, when you look at... Uh, I guess your expectations of the line, where do you think they can go, you know, what steps can they make? I, I think this group can have a chance to grow together and be the backbone of our offense and our team going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bunch of young guys. Uh, obviously, we have some veterans that I've mentioned, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the young guys are the core, and it's it's Corcoran and Banks and Ben Hart and Piper and Juergens, uh, and it's going to be Prohaska and, um, and, and other guys and, um, those guys are the the type of talent and the type of personalities that we need, uh, and I think guys that will make the former pipeline guys proud. Last thought here, Scott Frost with us here, Big Ten Media Days on the field here, Lucas Oil Stadium. Coach, thanks again for, for making one last stop for us uh, with, with uh, Trev coming in. Your, uh, I think you said earlier you've had a chance to, to get caught up with him. Uh, your thoughts on Trev and just uh, having another Husker at the helm? Hey, I'm so glad they landed where they did. And uh, Trev and I have talked multiple times already. Um, I think he has a good feel for um, the things that have been happening at the university. And, and he and I have a lot of common visions about uh, what we can do to, to make it better and to get the football program over the hump. I know a lot of the other coaches around the university are excited to have him. Uh, we wanted a Nebraskan. We wanted uh, uh, somebody that we knew and that knew our program and and has been in our shoes and uh, not another outsider. Uh, I don't think we had time for that. It, it would have taken a, a year or two uh, for that person to get comfortable in the job and get things set up the way he wanted, and it could have been a completely different direction than what we've been headed. And 
Um, I think we've hit reset too many times in our program, and this is an opportunity to move forward with somebody that knows Nebraska without hitting reset. What would you have liked to have endorsed back in the mid to late 90s with NIL if you could go back? Uh, what would I like to endorse? Uh, Cabela's, for, first and foremost. Uh, I probably shouldn't be naming companies, but... Uh, would have been pretty pretty cool, though. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, fishing, hunting, golf, so any of those, I'd, I'd be all over. A little Callaway. There you go. Wh- right. Whoever, you said yeah. it. <laughs> Scott Frost, Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks Good to see much. you again. Appreciate it. Scott Frost with us here uh, at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Hail Varsity Radio. That was awesome. Coach took one last uh, stop, and uh, he's made the stops today nationally and locally. Good for him. We will talk to his tight end, Austin Allen, with us as uh, day one of Big Ten Media Days 2021. Austin Allen, Deontay Williams, P.J. Fleck, Barry Alvarez, Joel Klatt, as we roll forward on a Thursday, Hail Varsity were presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Nebraska tight end Austin Allen with us. Austin, good to see you again. How uh, how's Indy treated you? How's the morning been? And what do you think of this stadium? This is where the Big Ten title game's at. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. It was uh, it was an early flight this morning. I think we left at 6 a.m. So it's uh, it's treated me well so far. I mean, the hospi- hospitality's been great. Lucas Oil Stadium is huge, a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Um, but it, it's a great experience to be here. So are you a coffee or or a highly caffeinated soda morning guy? I'm. I got some sort of internal caffeine or something. I don't need any coffee or, or pop or anything. You're it. I'm it. I, I don't, I'm not a big coffee drinker, and I'm not a big, haven't drank a pop since 2011. So I don't, it's, I, I just don't like pop, I guess. No, that's okay. More for me, man. That's all <laughs> right. That's all right. Well, uh, what are your uh, feelings, thoughts here on the upcoming season here for Nebraska? Specifically, uh, your room. Uh, you're uh, a senior. You're, uh, you've been in the offense a while, and uh, obviously, your height is 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 a weapon. And uh, what do you kind of see your role being? What do you want the role to be uh, for you and the tight ends this year? And in, in uh, with Coach Lubick in the offense. Yeah, I have high hopes for the season. Um, uh, but they, uh, as an offense, I think we're taking on more of a role that this is we need to be player-led leaders and in the summer especially it was more so um unless otherwise directed we're gonna lead this way and if frost thinks we're gonna lead or thinks we need to do something different we're gonna do that but i think we're taking over as an offense individually holding our teammates accountable and i think that's gonna propel us in the right direction come this this fall but i got high hopes for our tight end room i mean we've got just great leaders across the board i mean we have Myself, Travis, I mean, Chris Hickman stepping up in the role that he's starting to become old in this offense and understand mm-hmm. what we want to get accomplished. But it's nice to have leaders like Travis and Chris, too, because that way Thomas Fedoni and Nate Borkcher can see what our standard is, and um, they can they can hopefully take that someday and, and run with it when they're, they're at their realm. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, I got high hopes for the season. Um, I think as a tight end room, we, we plan to excel, and I think Lubick's been – chirping our ear off all summer about how he wants to give us the ball in different ways which is good to hear your offense coordinator be saying to you but um things will be better austin allen's with us you mentioned the leadership player led and coaches talk about it all the time and you've been 
on teams throughout your career, be it basketball or, you know, different levels of football, where you can have a voice or two or a position group voice. You can have many voices on a team as long as it's the same voice. And and you're pretty passionate just hearing you talk about uh, that standard and the importance of being player-led when it comes to getting buy-in from your mates, be it young or old, that's the key. Mm. Do you think that's gone well? What's the reception been like between you with Stilly, some of the other guys, Deontay that's here? You've got a lot of upperclassmen leadership. that they, You guys want to be a part of the, the solution that turns the corner. Mm. And I think what's going to solve that is all this summer um, we're taking a leader or two from each position group across the whole team, and we're meeting with, um, our union council, we're meeting with Colonel Brigadier, something Colonel, Gen- General, that's what it is, General Kofelt from, uh, he was in the U.S. Air Force, and he's, he's giving us tips on how to be great leaders, how to, how to lead your, your teammates, your brothers, and whatnot. But it, what's beneficial in my eyes to take leaders from each position group across the whole team is you're setting the same standard for everybody. That way I don't have a different standard than Stilly's room, and Stilly doesn't have a different standard from Deontay's room. We're all on the same plane, and that way I can hold – I can hold Damian Daniels accountable, not to say he needs it, but I can hold anybody accountable across the board just because we have the same standard across the whole the whole unit. Austin, what's your take been on on leadership within the program uh, in, in previous seasons, or has it been something that, that you've been able to be introduced to and now it's kind of your turn? How do you... How do you view this buildup? Because Coach Frost has talked about leadership and culture and accountability for a while as, as he heads into year four. Yeah, I mean, he he does say that all the time, and he's saying the right things. It just it's, it gets to a point where it's not so much that he just keeps saying it. It's just so much that we need to listen to it and, and embrace it and actually follow through at the player level. I mean, like I said, in the summer, it was more so we're taking over as a team. This is our team as players, and we're going to treat it as such. Um I used the term before, like, unless otherwise directed, we're going to lead this way. And if Frost wants it done a different way, we'll listen to it. But mm-hmm. this is going to be our team uh, moving forward. Um, and that's how we're going to go about leadership. Austin, let's talk about the uh, the offensive side of the ball, uh, specifically with Coach Lubick. And I, I look at, at his history at, at Oregon and at Washington. And when I look at some of Nebraska's success last year on offense, and you guys had a few games where – Man, the offense was pretty potent. You had a double tight end look. You had a pistol formation. There was some really nice downhill movement. Uh, I think of the Rutgers game. I also think of uh, the Purdue game specifically. And I know Lubick will have more of a voice and a role as OC. You know, what what philosophy and identity do you foresee here with the offense? You've got Adrian back, obviously super talented. And, man, teams can do a lot of damage with a, with a one-two punch at tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as a tight end, I'm pretty biased, but if you put two tight ends <laughs> on the field at any time, it's going to be lethal. I mean, you got great threats in the pass game, great threats in the run game. But uh, I think our identity should be able – we should be able to line up in our in our base stuff and run the ball right down anybody's throat. But um, you got to – I mean, if that's the case, I mean, people are going to load the box. you got to be able to, to air it out on the outside. And I think that's where we're going to be – I think that's going to be our biggest um, – sleeper so to say I think for people or people looking at us because we they're kind of inexperienced on the outside but inexperienced ballers they're inexperienced ballers so I think they got, we got talent's high yeah yeah we got some guys that um 
are smart and they're gonna they're gonna pick up this playbook really quick. Um, and they got some speed and athletes on the outside. So I think that's what's gonna shock most people is is what we can accomplish outside. And I think fall camp we're gonna see a running back emerge. I don't know who the number one guy is right now, but I think the competition in the running back room this fall camp will make us better in the run game as well. With with the offensive line, how excited are you for that group? There, guys have been there forever. Uh, it feels like between Jurgens and. Uh, you've got an, an option and a race, obviously, for the other right guard spot. But your two tackles are young but super talented, and you'll line up next to, to either uh, Turner or, or Ben Hart. You know, can can it kind of be a throwback-type offensive line for Nebraska where it can be smash mouth uh, with, uh, with a lot of athleticism mixed in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the competition in O-line room. I there's six or seven guys I think have proved themselves that they can play on any given Saturday. And, and after that, I'm looking forward to see what these young guys can do, how they can compete. Guys like Teddy and Henry mm-hmm. um, coming in as freshmen, I mean, they're big body guys. And I'm um, looking forward to see how they compete against guys. Like they're lining up against, lining up against Stilly in fall camp. Like what are you going to do against him that you didn't see at Elkhorn South? You know, that's guys that uh, that are young that I think could step up and fill big gaps in the O-line. I mean, it's, God forbid if somebody goes down in the in, in in the line room, I look forward to see how well a freshman or somebody else steps into the in the the the, the role as a as a starting lineman for Nebraska because they they got to understand what what we want to get accomplished as tight ends. They got to understand the communication that needs to accomplish across the board, um, all the way from the right tackle to left tackle um, with the tight end. So I look forward to seeing what not just the first five, six, seven linemen that we know have a good experience can play I'm looking forward to see what the next guys have to Austin Allen's with us a couple more minutes here Big Ten Media Days and uh, we're here on the west sideline here Lucas Oil Field and uh, the stadium here you've got uh, the commissioner talking and Austin kind of have to sit down with us talking the offensive side of the ball what's uh what's Adrian's mood like here I know you guys work together quite a bit uh, there's those outside options you mentioned, the talent in the receiving room, but the, the old reliable tight end, right, uh, is is, is going to be open up the seam. And I think back, I think back to uh, some some big time games you've had under Coach Frost and how close you guys were to Ohio State. I think three years ago, you're in Columbus. Remember you as part of a double tight end package? You kind of ran a wheel route and popped Ohio State for about 40 yards. You know, what what uh, type of options does Adrian have with the, the, the passing game and, and what kind, what can jump here uh, for him? Do you, do you think he's more comfortable going into this year? Last year, you know, it was kind of the ups and downs of is he starting, all right, is he coming in, mm-hmm. that, that whole drama. Uh, he's got the reins again this year. Yeah, I think that is, I will say, not knowing if you're going to be the guy on Saturday – on a Thursday before the game is very frustrating. Um, but I think Adrian has grown as a leader as much as he's had in the last four years. I mean, he's very determined to be the best that he can be. I mean, he's lost 15, 20 pounds. He's trimmed down. He's speed. He's had the second fastest pro agility on the team. Like, he's he's hungry and determined to be the best Adrian he can be. And hopefully um, he, he showcases that this year. And I think it will be a little more weight off his shoulders that – not to say that any of our other quarterbacks are, are pushing him for the race or pushing him for the starting job, but I think this year is going to allow him to kind of sit back and um, 
be the leader that he needs to be, be the athlete he needs to be for Nebraska to win because I think he's more than capable. He's, he's a great leader um, and an athlete, and he's going to showcase that this year. You, is it fair to say that there is some doubt with with him? I'm not trying to get you to speak for him, but just, you know it as a player. You don't know if the, the unknown is hard. You want to be able to control things, but if it's out of your control, uh, he handled it phenomenally uh, with his attitude and, and being a stand-up team guy when it wasn't his turn mm-hmm. and he stayed ready. But that's got to jack with your confidence a little bit if, if you lose your job. Yeah, he, he, I think I can speak for him a little bit. He He's made it known to us that he hadn't played his best in the last two years. I mean, his freshman year, he came out and balled, and he's made it known that he's made some mistakes his sophomore and junior year, and he's, he's here to fix them. And he, this summer, he's he's been more vocal as he's ever been. He's been more – he's just killing it in the weight room. I mean, he's throwing weight around that a quarterback shouldn't. So <laughs> um, he's doing great things. Um, but he's he's made it known to us that he, he's going to be better this year. He's made the mistakes. He's lived through them, and he's made it known that – He's got nothing to lose. I mean, he's going to go out and give Nebraska his all, and I think that's what a lot of us older guys have. I mean, we haven't been to a bowl game. I haven't been to a bowl game since I've been here, and I've been here for four years. You're years. a Nebraska kid. Does that blow you away to say? It really blows me away because I remember watching when I was getting recruited my junior year, and the, the ticker on the bottom would say Nebraska made the last 44, the last 46 bowl games, and now we just put on a streak of four straight not going. And just, it frustrates me being a hometown kid, and I'm sure it frustrates a lot of fans that that's a – that's something they do every year that gets them out of work in December or January to go someplace warm. But um, we'll get it fixed. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the goal this year. Even when you go to a postseason game, you're getting 10 extra practices that, for those freshmen that maybe aren't playing, but they need those 10 practices to, to be the best player they can be for the next year. And it's like last year, like Wisconsin got 10 more practices than we did, and they, they got better because of it. And so what are we going to do in that time to, to make sure that never happens again? Austin Allen, tight end, uh, hometown Nebraska kid here at Big Ten Media Days. Austin, we'll see you throughout the season. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow, Big Ten Media Days. I need about seven phone books. Ben Skelly with us here, senior. Ben, uh, what do you think of Lucas Oil, man? Good to see you this morning. Yeah, good to see you. Uh, It's beautiful, man. I love your thoughts here. How's the, the season for the offseason gone for you? And let's talk chemistry here uh, defensively. Where are you guys at here as camp's about to get underway? Yeah, for, for me specifically, um, you know, just rehabbing from recovering from surgery. Uh, um, in the spring, uh, it's been awesome to be back with the guys. Um, you know, getting, getting workouts in by yourself and rehabbing by yourself gets uh, – Definitely get, can get lonely at times, so um, it's good for just chemistry as a whole um, for me to be back with the guys, um, to be able to j- join them. Um, and, yeah, workouts have gone well um, for everyone, I think. Um, and we're, we're just excited to get into camp here. What were you most proud of last year with uh, the progression defensively, either individually or as a whole? You're one of the elder statesmen on that defense. Yeah, I think um, – Early off in the in the year, um, our, our third down defense wasn't where it needed to be, um, and where we, where we finished um, over the I don't know if it was the last three or four games of the year. Um, uh, that average where that people were converting on us third down wise uh, finished up there somewhere in the top um, nationally in the def- for defense. So. Um, 
it's obviously uh, something that needs to be done throughout the whole year, um, and that's kind of something we're, we're focused on is, um, you know, not just having a good game or a good quarter, um, a good drive is really being consistent throughout the whole year. As you've uh, continued to, to play ball and uh, be a leader on this team, Ben Stilley's with us here on Hale Varsity. Get into the work that goes into to the situational aspect of football. You mentioned third down defense, red zone defense. Uh, what are you getting for TFLs? Uh, how is that kind of drilled down on and emphasized by Coach Chenander? Yeah, by um, Coach Shenander does a great job, and, and even Coach Tuoti, um just with defensive line. Um, we go over situations. I'm not kidding here. Probably every day, um, you know, what situations we're going to be going in in practice, um, and, and really because if you're if you're not playing situational defense, right, anybody can go out there and um, play, you know, intramural football. But um, it, it's to another level. That's a Coach Tuoti term for you there. Uh, and so just <laughs> knowledge-wise, um, there's just so much situationally that you need to be aware of that um, you're probably not aware of um, coming out of high school, and that's somewhere um, where you really got to grow in the game. Uh, Coach Jens, we have a meeting every Thursday, um, Thursday evenings, I think. Um, no, maybe it's Fridays, uh, where we do sit, go over all situations, um, kind of go over situations that were seen around the uh, country a week ago, um, unique situations that you don't always see and, and to prepare us for. And um, so I think that's a, a really uh, key place that our coach is honing on. Is there so much info that it bogs you down or are you able to play fast because you've spent the prep time knowing what your job is? Yeah, um, it, they do it. They do a really good job. Uh, Coach Coach Tuoti was a was a teacher, um, got his degree in teaching, and so he does a good job of keeping things simple um, and knowing knowing the room. And um, you know, so we have a we have a situation, and it has a one or two word phrase that goes with it. That's what should pop in your head instantly. You see the situation, and so really, um, it, it's nothing that's information overload. It's simple, and um, you know, gets the message across. Ben Stilley's with us. Ben, let's talk about uh, the defensive line. You, of course, uh, Daniels and uh, Robinson and, and, and Casey here. What have you seen from that group, and what are your expectations for 2021? What can the D-line be? Yeah, I think um, we got a chance to be um, to build on what we, we what we did last year and um, and really – you know, turn into a, a dominant defense, uh, defensive line, especially. Um, we got guys with some experience now. All those guys are returning with good experience. Um, Ty and Casey were kind of, you know, uh, thrown into the fire last year, and um, you know they hadn't played significant snaps at all, and then uh, were thrown into a, a very important rotational role there. And so uh, it'll be good for uh, them. I think they won't have that uh, that aspect of you know some of the nerves. Um, they're going to be. Uh, Calm. They're going to be cool and collected um, and really be able to make more plays, I think, um, and grow in that aspect. So uh, I'm excited to see where it can go. When it comes to, to how 2020 ended, um, how would you characterize that? Was it uh, bad taste? Was it a, a good note, obviously, with a, with a comeback win against Rutgers? How did you end last year? And let's kind of go into the math that, that said, yes, I want to be back for year number six. Yeah, I think uh, the the season itself and what the year of 2020 was, it was, uh, you know, it was took a toll on guys, um, you know, mentally, physically, but I think mentally more than anything, um, kind of the preparation for that year and just uh, 
throughout the entire year. I think it took a uh, took a lot out of guys, but um, yeah, we we ended on a high note, especially with Rutgers. Um, we ended playing um, some of our better ball late in the season, defensive wise, um, and it's something we look to to build on going into next year. Uh, as far as coming back, um, really a lot of it came down to um, just how the season went as a whole. Um, and, and wanting to leave this place uh, as a better place than I found it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that didn't exactly sit right with me the season we had last year or really, um, you know, any of the seasons that I've played in um, in the last couple of years. So um, that, that was a big part of it. And the, the rest of the defensive guys that also decided to come back, that was, a, that was definitely a big influence is us wanting to do it together. Ben Stilley's with us here on Hale Varsity live at Big Ten Media Days. Um, when we talk about uh, giving back, you and JoJo Doman last weekend had, had a camp in Lincoln. Lincoln. Uh, you were kind enough to, to kind of promote that with us here last week. How was the camp? How much fun was it? I saw you doing the, the worm <laughs> on the turf, and is that something that you've been working on? I, I understand third down pass rush technique, but the worm technique was pretty good. You were able to slither along, kind of keep bouncing forward. Um, yeah, that'll that'll hopefully be the last and uh, first and last time you ever see that again. Um, so you you didn't know the cameras were rolling, huh? Uh, I had an idea the cameras were rolling. I didn't know I was going to be called out by the by the kids. Um, <laughs> so you know the the kids called you out, and you, you just don't really have a you don't really have a, anything else to do at that moment. Uh, so yeah, kind of had to throw that one out, pull that one out of the bag. I don't know when the last time I did that was, but uh, it was definitely my first time post-surgery uh practicing that on the on the shoulder so uh good to know that rehab went well and can can handle the worm what the what was uh, the reaction like from the kids and how much fun did you have last uh, last saturday yeah without a doubt we loved it um you know it was it, honestly they we got asked uh you know how much fun it was for the kids and i mean really it's it's that much fun and more fun for me and Joe just to get out there and interact with the kids. Um, it's not something they get to do every day, but it's, it's definitely not something we get to do either. Um, and so, yeah, they, they all had a blast um, and, and really just enjoyed themselves and, uh, you know, had a good time interacting with um, not only us, but our teammates. Um, and and we're, we're just really grateful that our teammates would come out and, and help us put on an event like that. Ben Stilley, Ben, uh, cover of the Hale Varsity Yearbook. What's the thought bubble? <laughs> you usually, like, you look at the birdie, smile, be happy, but as a defensive lineman, you got to look grumpy, don't you? Yeah, I took a lot of grumpy pictures, but that's uh, that's kind of my uh, natural face in general is pretty grumpy looking. So uh, that's uh, kind of what they got stuck with if unless they wanted me to cheese for mom. Well, but you, you can't, like, be a smiley D lineman, can you? No, well, uh, Casey Rogers might be the smiliest D lineman I know, but uh, why is he so smiley? I don't know. He's always in a smiley mood. <laughs> here you go, Ben Stilley with us here, Hale Varsity, uh, live here in uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, Media Days 2021. Ben, we'll see you later on in the season. Thanks for the time, man. Yeah, appreciate it. And we're back, fellas. You think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery? Yes, that's awesome. Wind down this first hour, Hale Varsity Radio Road Show here in Indy for Big Ten Media Days. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Big thanks to Ben Stilley. Awesome stuff from Scott Frost as he sat down to kick off hour one. It's been the Husker Hour 
And uh, Austin Allen spent some time. We'll catch up with Barry Alvarez next hour, Joel Klatt, Deontay Williams, and uh, how about the, the, the boat rower, P.J. Fleck, spent some time here on Radio Row with us. Big uh, shout-out and hug to Rod's Power Sports uh, in Lincoln. Also, custom cooling and heating for help and sponsor this road show to Indy. Tomorrow, we are loaded up again with Badgers and Hoosiers, likely. Maybe a Hawkeye or two, and uh, we'll roll the dice <laughs> on uh, on what we get. Uh, if, the, if the Purdue, like, mascots here, I'm out. Uh, I'm not out, but I, it's just a little... Little frightening with Purdue Pete and his likeness to, to Michael Meyer. Four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. A reminder to get buckled up. Seventy percent of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can uh, reduce risk of fatal injury by up to sixty percent. Your best defense in any crash. Buckling up, brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Elijah, let's hear from Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald, on that uh, Northwestern machine. Two of the last three years, they have ended the season here in Indy. Um, exciting times in Evanston, you know, to be uh, two out of the last three years, be the Big Ten West champs, to have two first-round draft picks last year that we're incredibly proud of and three guys drafted. All 11 of our young men that worked out at Pro Day had an opportunity uh, to get into a pro camp, and, and I know those guys are all reporting right now, and we wish them the best. And then to couple that with having the highest graduation rate in the country again, I think truly shows that our model, what we do and how we do things about being the best player development staff in the country uh, is actually uh, turning around the benefits on the field, but more importantly, preparing our guys for life that we're incredibly proud of. So uh, exciting times ahead. Uh, I know you've got great questions for me, so uh, I'll open it up now. Very kind. <laughs> great questions await. Do we have time for a Harbaugh? Because he was asked about, guess what, oh, beating yeah, Ohio time. State. Yeah, here is uh, Jimbo, who, uh, who lo- looked pretty comfortable in his suit. Uh, it was nice. He was wearing socks with his uh, his shoes, though, unlike Fleck. Was he wearing khakis? Uh, no, he had he had navy navy. Well, he had navy pants on. But here is uh, here is Harbaugh uh, about uh, taking that team down, uh, named Ohio State. People are trying to discourage him. You know, it's almost like propaganda. Like let's discourage him. You know, almost like World War II uh, propaganda machines, you know. Um, stop, quit, you know. Uh, no need to try, you have no chance. You don't even try any further. Uh, yeah, so you just, you, that becomes like, no, we don't, we don't, we don't subscribe to that at all. Uh, try to get to the top. We're going to die trying. We're either going to get there or die trying. There you go. We'll either get there or die trying when it comes to beating Ohio State. Deontay Williams, P.J. Fleck, Joel Klatt, Hour 2 on the way with Hale Varsity and Indy. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Big Ten Media Days, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, Nebraska senior Deontay Williams. So Ben Stilley came by, got a Hail Varsity yearbook. If you were to give Ben a thought bubble with that expression, what would it be? Um, what, what you looking at? What's going? Th- what you looking at? <laughs> yeah. Usually it's like look at the birdie mm-hmm. or or something like that. But uh, you got to look angry, don't you, as defensive linemen? Yeah. But if, on the defensive side of the ball in general, you know, they say defensive player got loose rules, so you got to look some type of crazy. Well, tell me about about your type of crazy playing safety. Um, me is just a mentality of staying focused in general. Um, uh, my number one thought is obliterate. I can't even say the word right. Uh, demolish. I'm saying obliterate. Yeah, obliterate. Yeah, any officer, officer guy, whoever touched the ball, see ball, get ball. Mm-hmm. You, you done. Okay. So, how challenging is that? in football in 2021 not only is a nebraska safety but just a safety in college football where you breathe on a guy over the middle you're yeah either watching or flagged yeah targeting so you just gotta change the way change the way how you uh tackle so sometimes you can get away with it yeah sometimes you can't yeah yeah so do you um do you get away with it during practice when you guys uh, go live coach ross won't let me hit in practice Seriously? Yeah. After my first year in Nebraska, and he seen the, the type of hits I was hitting on all his offensive players, he was like, yeah, you can't hit no more. I, okay. Take, I, I need to go back in time. Let's get in the DeLorean. Yeah. And how did that conversation go with Coach Frost to Deontay Williams? Well, at first he told Coach Fish, and then Coach Fish told me, and he was like, um, tell Deontay he can't hit in practice. Just tag off when we go live. So. And your reaction was what? Uh, well, my reaction was, dang, how am I supposed to learn how to, like, how am I supposed to? You had to get better. Yeah, how am I supposed to get better? You had to get better by doing, right? Right. So, yeah, so. But hitting key guys on offense, not a good thing. You need all you guys healthy, so. No, I, I get it. But you still got to be as, as closely simulated as possible. So I'm sure Coach Fish has got you ready in other ways. and Yeah. Different um, ways to tag off. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you've, I mean, you're back for a, for a super senior year, your yes, sixth year. Um, and I remember you coming in and making a lot of plays in a tough ball game. You know, that first year Coach Frost was here at Michigan mm-hmm. and uh, making plays there. You also dinged your shoulder. You've been able to stay healthy. I know it's been a focus, but you've also faced adversity when it comes to injury. How's that, um, how's that helped you grow up and be a better leader and football player here with your path here all the ups and downs well uh well me i'm a true believer of god so i feel like god was just just trying to sit me down uh help me grow as a man in general because i'm a father too Mm -hmm. so uh as a football player and as a student athlete you know i graduated i'm working on my master's um um in general Dude, there's there's just bugs around here, and it isn't me. I showered this morning, I promise. All right. Well, uh, yeah, so it's just just uh, another step in the way. You know, you know, uh, some person, uh, one wise man told me this. He said if everybody had the same life, everybody had the same life, everybody had, had the same story, the world would be born. So, <laughs> so 
in general. I just take that. I just take that and run along with it, you know. Uh, it's been a growing experience. Uh, Nebraska fans has treated me and my family like we are their family, you know. So uh, I came back and I owe, I owe Nebraska fans the season that they want. And I feel like this year is going to be a special year because we got special guys on the team. Let's go in there. Why? You just told me because you got special guys on the team. But what gives you faith about being able to turn the corner? Big Ten media experts, we're air quoting, and it's okay to smile. at Say you guys are number five in the West. Um, I don't have much to say, you know, because you can't really, even though we're doing the interview, you really can't say much because actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. Once we step on that green grass and them lines on that field, we got to show the world. Mm-hmm. So that's so, how I feel about that fifth rank in the West. Type okay. Field, so. It's time for action, fair yeah. to say. Yeah. Deontay Williams with us a few minutes here on Hale Varsity Live at Big Ten Media Days. We've got the radio side. We've got the stream yard side. And uh, he's what are, you, what are you rocking here? Uh, what's uh, the tie and the suit? Tell Ralph me about Lawrence. it. Lawrence. Okay, so yeah. a little polo. Polo. Okay. Yeah, I'm Florida dude. If you know Florida people like polo, so I got my polo shorts on. I love polo. Polo's good <laughs> stuff, but uh, I can't pull that. My shoulders aren't aren't as good as yours. It's okay. Right. But uh, so when we talk defense here, there's been progress. There's momentum. You know, what's your expectation for that back end? That secondary, three fourths uh, of the secondary back plus some young guys. Tell me about the guys behind you guys. Um, three guys that's coming back with us. Uh, we are an example in the room. It's a culture in that DB room, and that just make it more special because the young guys are watching us and see what uh, see what we do every day through it, every day process. You know, practicing how we attack the field, uh, the passion that we have. To, to win, you know, so um, it's a lot of guys that we added to the room, and there's going to be a lot of competition, and the room that, the DB room that we are in um, is is nobody safe, you know, everybody in the hot seat, so you're going to be competing every day, so you got to stay consistent, and that, that would make you a, a very good professional football player. Well, that's that's on your eyes too, on your mind, right? You want to get you want to go to that next level. Yeah. You're, you're a, you're a yeah. proud father. You want to get uh, to Sundays. Yeah, that's my dream. But you don't you don't take you don't take being here for four and a half, five, six years for granted, man. It doesn't right. sound like it every, every to, day. Well, you don't have to rush. You know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially the people that's in Nebraska. I, I just want. I'm dedicating this mm-hmm. to them coming back. You know, getting all the guys back. You know, because I know we could do something special here. What what uh, instances have you taken with you in your career from the fans? You mentioned you've mentioned the fans a couple of times during the interview, mm-hmm. and you want to pay them back for the love they've shown you. And what are what are some examples, some specifics here of the fans really making an impact on you? Um, basically, just 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 how how genuine it is, you know, and. You don't get a lot of fan bases like that, you know what I'm saying? So I'm very blessed and honored to have the fan bases that we have now. That's why I committed to Nebraska because mm-hmm. they fan base. You know, they treat you like a family, and you always would be a family at the end of the day. Win or loss, mm-hmm. you know, so, but we want to win, so. Yeah, Deontay <laughs> Williams with us here, Alvar City Radio. Let's uh, wrap up here with just um, the, the the defense in general. What did you like about 2020? 
And and where does and where will the defense grow and jump? I mean, is it fair to to consider that side of the ball here? Offense, defense, special teams. Can the defense be an anchor for this 2021 season? Yes, the defense is going to be an anchor for this 2021 season. Um, I feel like last year we have we have a lot of stuff to grow on, especially details. You know, games we play is mostly games that we lost is mostly details that we could work on and fix. Uh, but I feel like the bond that we have, the 10 guys that came back, the bond that we have is unbelievable. You know, we know we could be special. We know we showed flashes that we could be a great defense. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to be one of the top defense in uh, Big Ten. Um, what's the other part? Though? No, I, I was just saying, you know, the, the, the momentum here, the growth of the defense. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking actions and – and words and what what steps can that defense your side of the ball take here uh, in that in that progression what well, where, where's the, where's like what's the step that needs to happen all right to go from good to, to great um, or step great that to we elite need to take is attack practice attack practice uh, tempo we control practice um, attack the film room you know um, and then keep bonding with each other on and off the field chemistry at an all-time high would you say chemistry at an all-time high right now Mm-hmm. So, I okay. feel like it. I feel like it's going to be a special year for us. You know, as you look at year four for Coach Frost and the expectations that are out there, you know, what's it like on on your aspect, uh, from your aspect, to, to play for him? I mean, guys that have been a part of this program that are seniors or now super seniors, guys that have committed to him. You know, how do you want to? How do you want to go out for him in your final year? Um. He know he always have a warrior that's wearing the number eight. So uh, I love Coach Frost, and I know he loved me too. And, um, uh, he loved this program, so he just wanted to see this program back at top. Mm-hmm. You no, know, and I want to too. So bowl game, bowl game. Yeah, most definitely bowl game. Try to go to the playoffs. Okay, but one game like at I a time. Said, action, speak louder than words. Yeah, yeah one game at a time. Deontay Williams. Deontay, I'll let you get out of here, man. Appreciate you. Nice to see you again. Yes, sir. Thanks for what you're uh, you're doing, stopping by on Media Days. Good work with the Ralph Lauren. Mm-hmm. I like it. We'll uh, take a time out here back uh, here in Indy on Hale Varsity. So Deontay's Ralph Lauren game, high level, incredible. Uh, jealous, quite frankly, uh, on my part. But Deontay was good stuff, and uh, he has high aspirations for the Big Red. There's your hour of Husker. It was incredible. Uh, Austin Allen, uh, of course, uh, Deontay Williams, and uh, Ben Stilley. We kicked off with Coach Frost. Uh, A big-time game in October. Nebraska's got a stretch of, 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 you know, how the West will be won. Uh, Minnesota is is part of that stretch. Here is P.J. Fleck on the West, and uh, well, more, more more boat rowing here from the head man with Minnesota. Back in Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, live here at Lucas Oil Stadium, and uh, sitting down with uh, Gophers head coach, P.J. Fleck. As uh, Minnesota Day here uh, at uh, Lucas Oil. Coach, good to see you again. Nice to see you, too. We uh, spoke two years ago, and with the topic of discussion was just how loaded the Big Ten is uh, across from you and, and every other coach every Saturday just the, the depth of coaching fast forward to now 
man, it's uh, it's still a loaded league. And let's talk a little bit more about the West, the race, the week in, the week out, the grind that is the West Division. Well, we call it the wild, wild West for a reason. You have no idea who's going to come out on top. And people do everything they can to predict. Uh, but it is. It, I think. I think the Big Ten in general is just a, a tremendous conference right now. It's loaded. You got everybody back. Most teams have everybody back coming back for whatever year they're coming. Fifth, sixth, sure. seventh year. I mean, and the ability to do that I think's a positive for the student athletes. So we had eleven guys come back. We're excited for the opportunity and, and look forward to the season. Gutsy win in Lincoln last year. Down thirty-five guys. How uh, a how did you uh, approach it? B, how did you guys deliver it because it was impressive? Well, we, we listened to our players throughout the entire year, I, I, just listening to you know how they feel and, and making sure that they feel safe and healthy. And you know, we went through that week and we had enough to play at the beginning of the week. And then as we started to go, more and more we're we're becoming contacts, we're testing positive, and we had to make a decision. And you know, I, I talked to our leadership council, asked them what they want to do, and, and they want to play. You know, the kids want to play; they always want to play. Um, and I don't think that was a question throughout even the year, who wants to play, who doesn't. They just want to make sure that we all have different state laws. We all have different things that we have to abide to, and uh, we want to make sure every, every student athlete's safe, and nobody really knew exactly what's going on with a lot of different things. So, But it was, it was an opportunity for us to be able to really come together. They wanted to play a game. It, it, to me, it, it, it wasn't about just the result or the outcome. It was about going out there and getting better. Everything our mindset was, we can't control a lot in 2020. There's not a lot we can. Let's not try to, right? Let's make sure we're doing everything we can to build towards 2021 and to be able to have the best team as we continue to move forward without losing focus of still playing in 2020. But there's a lot of decisions you have to make as a head coach, a lot of decisions as you continue to go through um, that, you know, you you have to take all the information that's presented. We had enough to play. Uh, We had enough we had some that, enough not to play, and we had enough to play, but the kids wanted to play. And that's a, that's a win, with all due respect, doesn't matter who we played, that's a win I'll remember forever because you know what the kids went through. It wasn't just because it was Lincoln or just because it was Nebraska. It has nothing to do with it. It has to do with what those kids went through. And they, they could have been, beat my, my, my son's middle school team, and I would have remembered what they did because of just the, what they had to overcome to get to that result. P.J. Flex with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, Lucas Oil Stadium. Coach, at what point did you feel go, Graham, in turning that leadership over from you to the peers, peer leadership? Year five for you, you've built up and done really well uh, with with Minnesota. At what point did you, you feel it shift? And, and we hear and throw out culture a lot, but what, what year in this process, and it's always ongoing, I get it, but where did you feel really good, really proud of where that leadership set forward. Well, I think when we got done with the 2019 team, you know, you could start to see it starting to take shape, right? Bad teams, nobody leads, right? You're, you're constantly educating, and you have a lot of resistance. Uh, average teams, the coaches have to lead where you're doing a lot of convincing, right? And they'll do it, but you got to convince them to do it. And then when you get elite teams, the players take over. And then what they have to become is doing what they want to do. And when that happens, it takes off. We usually have a leadership council about, uh, you know, 25 30 guys and our players vote on them this year the vote we couldn't even we couldn't cut it off at the votes so what we did was we just made it open leadership open to the entire team because our players think we have so many leaders on the team i think that's a real positive as we keep moving forward as we keep building this program and and doing everything we can to connect our past which is very rich and, and, and very traditional uh to our present and you have to be able to do that with your players taking over and leading and they have to know how to do that. You, but they also know they have to fail to grow. 
They have to fail to be successful. They have to win to be able to know what that tastes like. Every one of these players that are now seniors, fifth year, sixth year, seventh year, they've been really bad as a team, and they've been really good as a team. They've seen every spectrum of what makes elite teams elite teams, and you need that as you continue to move forward if you want to be successful and want to take it to a place that's never been. P.J. Fleck, coach of Minnesota, on to the next uh, stop. Coach, thanks for making time. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything for you guys. Roll the boats, guy. I'll go Gophers. Thanks. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, Chris Schmidt, Joel Klatt uh, with Fox Sports College Football. Joel, what a scene this is. My first time in Soil. I know you've covered many a Big Ten time. A pretty special venue. Thanks for the time. Yeah, you bet. I uh, I'm excited to be here. It's good to be back at at a media day and getting ready for what will be a more normal season. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, let's hope that it moves that direction. When we talk uh, normalcy, uh, Nebraska football used to being nine and three, ten and two, playing for championships. Scott Frost has put a ton of work in. Yep. Nebraska trying to make the jump into year four. Yep. How do you look at, at Nebraska as you kind of uh, weigh in what's back in the West and, and you know, the, the bigger picture of college football? What, yeah. do you look at, what do you look at this fourth season being? I, I, think that, I think that maybe the project was a little bit more um, intense, um, dire than Scott realized mm-hmm. before he got here. Um program was not in a good spot just kind of you know that's i think everybody kind of realizes that i i have always appreciated the fact the fact that scott is one a hard worker two wants badly to succeed at nebraska and three is incredibly honest and and i've had very honest conversations with him i can remember doing last year's game before um ohio state and he said you know and he in we did the meeting, and and he was very complimentary of his players. There's no doubt, but but there was an honesty about like, listen, you know, we're not at a level yet where we can go out there. So like, everything's gonna have to go right for us to compete in this game. Mm-hmm. And for a little bit, it did. Remember early, you know, they, first half. Yeah, they played well in the first half. There's no doubt about it. Offensively, they were doing some creative things. But you know, then it's just a war of attrition. You just don't have the players to keep up with a, a team like Ohio State. Uh, so I've always appreciated Scott's honesty. And so when he says he's the most excited that he's been about any of his teams at Nebraska, I believe him. When he talks about the offensive line first as the position group that he's most excited about and the fact that they've had to put so much work into not only the development but the recruiting and just the overall physicality of that group, that I believe him. And so to me, like I, I, think, I think Nebraska – has a chance to be the best team that Scott has had, right? Mm. Now, having said that, they get no favors in this league, man. I'm telling Schedule's you. The like, schedule is brutal. The schedule is brutal. Brutal. And they don't even have to play the buffs. Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, I know that one. Uh, that, but, a couple you know, years, get, buffs are back, I know that, back on the schedule. Which will be awesome. Which will I be can't awesome. wait. Um, <laughs> Michigan and Ohio State. You know, from from the other side. At least side. they're in Lincoln, but you got you get a roadie to Norman, which is is not fun. I'll do that game actually. I'll okay. be there. We'll be down there in the RV lot. So come by for yeah, a cold there one. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, schedule's tough. Schedule's incredibly tough. They're, they've got OU's going to open up maybe as the number two or number three team in the country. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's going to open up as maybe the number four team in the country. Um, 
I think that the West side is really tough. Iowa is way better than people are giving them credit I think for. Good. I think that they're very good. They're very sturdy. They absolutely could win that division. I think Wisconsin is going to be a lot better than what they were with Graham getting his feet wet. Obviously, we know that Northwestern is always tough. Like it's just a tough deal, right? So, I like are are they going to be a better team this year? Absolutely. Are they going to win nine games? I don't know. I don't know. I think that that would be a lot. That would be a, a heck of a season if if Scott and his bunch won nine games. What's your thoughts on Adrian? I mean, there's been a roller coaster for Adrian in, in, in his career. He handled the adversity, in my opinion, last year with the benching and then reemerging uh, the right way. Stand yes. up, stand up, kid, stand up, teammate. So now you get a senior season, and there you go. I think it's going to help that he has his best offensive line that he's had. Right, I mean, Adrian has been behind some some poor offensive lines. It's, it's either been the line or what's or what what's, he's what's, to what's to. the skill set. I mean, it's a That's far exactly right. it's a far cry from a, a JD and a and a Stanley Morgan. That's exactly. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, and any of us that have played that position have gone through that. In particular, when you start for any number of years in college, is you're going to have years where you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have the skill position players. Oh my goodness, my offensive line is not quite as good. Um, I really appreciated him, just his maturity, his leadership, the way he handled everything. That tells me a lot about you as a person. And, and it's my belief that quarterbacks have to be that high-character individual within the locker room. I'm sure that the way Adrian went through everything that he's been through over the last couple of years, and specifically last year, has won him favor within the locker room, right? And that's a big deal, in particular when you're going into your, your senior year. I hope he plays really well. I hope he stays healthy, and I think we're going to see the best version of him this year. I really do. Who challenges? Is there a challenge for Ohio? Yeah, there's, there's probably a challenge. Yeah, but with so Ohio State, what's, what's that race look like? There's not, right? Like In Penn State's? Pretty loaded, good talent. You have, uh... but when you look at the actual composition of these rosters, there's not a roster that is in the hemisphere of Ohio State. I'm no. Sorry, there's just not year after year, and and it's getting worse. Um, you could say the same thing about Clemson and the ACC. You can say the same thing at the top of the SEC between Georgia and Alabama and 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 LSU to a certain extent, and the rest of their conference. Maybe Florida is in there as as well. Um, it, you can say that with Oklahoma, you know, with their roster composition, kind of Texas too. There's just a, a giant separation between between the top of these conferences and everybody else. Now, as it relates to, like, this conference, I would say the second tier of this conference is better than the second tier in almost every everywhere else, which makes it deep. But I hate to say it, like, no one's up there. Now, I don't know if Ohio State's going to win the league or not. They've mm-hmm. won four straight. Their their roster composition is better than anybody else's. Does that mean that they're going to win the conference? I don't know. I don't know. I think Penn State's got an experienced quarterback. I'm excited to see what Mike Yurchich kind of brings as the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. They won four straight last year. I think Iowa is sneaky good. Michigan flying under the radar. What does that mean? Is one of these quarterbacks going to step up and actually be a guy that they can really rely on? What is Wisconsin going to be with Graham Mertz? There's a, there's a lot of questions for me about all of this. But when you sit back and you, you actually look at it, I went out in the spring and just watched Ohio State practice. Guys, I know Justin Fields ain't going to be there. I, I totally understand that. That team is loaded. Loaded. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. They're choosing between three really good players mm-hmm. at the quarterback position. And every other position on the field, either side, is too deep. 
That's the reality of what it is. I'm not trying to blow smoke or hyperbole. That's just the reality of what that roster is. That's their is level now. right now. Indiana, how do they react? I didn't I mention love, Indiana. I love yeah. Coach Allen and, and Phoenix and wow, but if, they're, they're if not Ohio, a surprise anymore. If, if Ohio State doesn't fix their pass defense, namely their ability to get to the quarterback, uh, Indiana is really interesting because mm-hmm. Michael Penix. There's something about him, man. I'm telling you, when he's healthy and when he's on the field, that team is totally different. Tom Allen will tell you that. The statistics bear that out. Um, they're a good football team. They've got great energy within their program. Their roster and, and its composition is not nearly what Ohio State is, but they proved last year that they've got the kids to go out there and take Ohio State to the limit. Um, they need breaks to go their way, certainly. There's no doubt about that. But that's a team that I'm, I'm very excited for. Uh, they've put themselves think about it we're talking about indiana football and they've put themselves on a tier in this conference with penn state michigan wisconsin and iowa like those are those are mm-hmm. the teams and in and indiana right and and that's the level to bring it back to ne- nebraska that's their next step how do you get to where you're included in those teams um, and I think that's that, that's an important step for Nebraska to take. Joel Klatt, uh, College Football, Fox. And uh, before we say goodbye, let's talk big picture here. What do you believe about expansion, mm-hmm. Texas, Oklahoma? What are well, you it's hearing? Real. What are you feeling? Yeah, so it's, it's 100% real. Um, I do not know how far down the road it has gone. And I do know that there's basically an all-out civil war behind closed doors in the state of Texas. Sure. A&M and Texas. A&M is fighting tooth and nail. So I, I honestly, I don't know, nor do I understand how those two could ever coexist again in a conference together, <laughs> to, be, uh, to be quite honest. Now, wh- what happens, I'm not sure. I, I happen to believe, you know, whether this happens as it's speculated or not, I do believe that this is the trigger for our next round of reconfiguration and reshuffling. And I, excuse me, I think that there's a really good chance that we end up with only four conferences. So the four super conferences, what's, again, to speculate here, okay, if Texas and OU go to the SEC, where does well, the Big Ten go shopping? I don't know. Who? And I don't know if they have to, to be honest with you. I don't there. think they have to I don't either. think that they have to. Um, and, and they can kind of stay around the rim and, and see what falls off the rim and if that's attractive or not, right? So, um, to me, you know, I, I don't think that the Big Ten has to do anything. I do think, I'll just, this is my own opinion. OU and Texas moving to the SEC may be good for them i don't i don't know right uh, obviously they're looking at tr- to do something that's good for them it may be good for the sec i do know with every fiber in my being that that's not good for the sport overall mm-hmm. absolutely i know that and i think that's one of the biggest frustrations that i have with this sport and the people in charge of it is that they refuse to put the best interests of the sport globally first mm-hmm. And we are governed, not governed, I I think, you know, college football operates in silos of selfishness. Very fair. And that's not good for the sport overall. Gary Barnett. The rib off. The the rib off is coming in August. Come on. 
And, uh, you know, I don't know if that's an invite to, to, to Coach Barney's backyard for the rib off or we just need to get a report. But there was some discussion Tuesday before we left for Indy about being a judge. He had won some Husker money on the golf course. Okay. So he was happy. Good for him. He puts the Husker money near his, his game balls, he says. Oh, so we can look it. at it each I day. It. I and, mean, 62-36, man. Yeah, it's 20 years. And they've never been the same since. No. No. And uh, That day. That was like the day. It's the music ending, right? Yes. And, and, and there's been a lot of changes, Joe. About every five years, somebody's moving oh. in or out. Man. But the rib off, he was wondering, do you go dry rub or do you go wet sauce? His, his wife loves I'm the more, barbecue. I like I'm a, the I'm a, sauce. Oh, you I like, like the sauce. sauce. I'm a dry rub guy. So we'll have I like to, sauce because I love, like, bread. So you and want to, like, and, okay. And, yeah. Okay. So there you go. St. Louis style or baby bank? I like St. Louis style. Same here. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll shoot you a text and, and let get your reaction. And he's going to go St. Louis style. He's from St. Louis. Yeah, he's around there. Right. Missouri guy. Yeah, Missouri. Uh-huh. <laughs> Joel Klatt. Joel, this is great to see yeah, you. Yeah, you bet. Have Appreciate a good one, okay? And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's Hale Varsity Radio, Big Ten Media Days. Coach Bielema up at the uh, the big screen, and uh, we welcome in Hall of Famer Barry Alvarez back with us on Hale Varsity. Coach, uh, retirement, and, and now uh, a, a special assistant within the, the league. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Tell me uh, about what was part of the decision process for you to, to be uh, back involved with the Big Ten. Well, you know, I've been in this league since 79. You know, I started, I started initially as an assistant at Iowa. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I really I love this league. I love college football. And, and uh, when Kevin came to me and uh, asked if I would, uh, you know, act as an advisor to the league for football, uh, be a liaison with coaches and athletic directors, have a great relationship with the athletic directors, and worked with the coaches last year in trying to put the season back together, um, you know, that, that's something that I love and, it, and, you know, something that I think I know a little bit about mm-hmm. and uh, feel like it'd be very interesting to do and something that would, uh, uh, you know, was right up my alley and, uh, you know, not, not a lot of restrictions as far as it allows me to go to our games and watch the games and then do, do what I need to do. So I, I really felt it was the right thing to do and something that I'm excited about. How important is that? Because like you said, you've been in those shoes before to have somebody that is there for the coaches, for the administration as a way to help communicate with the league. Yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of times decisions are made. No one discusses it with the coaches or coaches don't understand why. And I think uh, it, it helps with communication and relationships when you have someone that can explain to you why things are done and, and why you have to move in certain directions. And hopefully hopefully we can do that. Let's talk a little bit here about uh, about Nebraska, your reaction to Trev Alberts as the new athletic director. Yeah, I, I think it's a great move. Um, and I think he's done a, really a, an outstanding job at, at Nebraska-Omaha and, and – uh, Having played there, knowing the state, I think that's important. You know, I, I just think, uh, you know, understanding and, and having relationships with people 
in the state, knowing what they want, they they knowing you, uh, knowing what uh, what everybody what the expectations are, and all those things are very important. And, and knowing and understanding the what football means to the college football and the Huskers mean to the state of Nebraska. And I think you know Trev understands all those for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I I don't think they could have hired a, a better person. Well. I think John Melton was the the man who recruited Trev, uh, had his eye on him. I know you had a special relationship with Coach Melton. John recruited me. That's that's what I thought. John's John's from my hometown. That's what I thought. Yeah, a little hometown back in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I had a great relationship with John, and, you know, he recruited me. uh, And then ended up my senior year, he ended up being moved to linebacker coach. So, um, and I know, I, I do know, you know, John, uh, he, John was a heck of a recruiter. He'd go in, you know, for all those years. He'd come in and take the best two kids out of Iowa, best two kids out of Minnesota, and the best two kids out of Wisconsin. Every year that happened. And, uh, you know, so, uh, but I know, I, I, re- I remember when he recruited Trev. Because you were, you were in Iowa, correct? Uh, Around, no, I think might have been Notre he Dame. played 93. He was done in 93, so he might have been at Notre Dame, but I'm probably, sure he was on the radar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, 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 we didn't recruit him because I, I had that, I had the whole Midwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would have been at Notre Dame then. What's your uh, thought here is, you know, Brett, you're so close with uh, Bielema's up there, week zero in Nebraska, Illinois. Specifically, we just saw Coach Frost speak. And, uh, you know, year four, a lot of confidence. Scott thinks things could, could go the right direction this year. Good. I, you know what? I, I think Scott's a, a very good coach. He's proven that already. Um, you know, sometimes people get uh, get a little antsy and get, uh, you know, they you know they don't have the patience to mm-hmm. to, to wait. But uh, he, he's a very good coach, and he'll, he'll do. There's no doubt in my mind. He'll do a good job. Uh, Brett is perfect. Brett, uh, Illinois is fortunate to get Brett. He knows the league. He knows how to recruit. He's made inroads already in the state of Illinois because they had lost all the recruiting ties in the state. Um, he'll be a great uh, ambassador for that university. He'll, he and his wife will, uh, will will really be a part of that community. So mm-hmm. he, he's a great fit for our league. Coach, i uh, get you out of here on a couple last questions. Uh, Barry Alvarez with us and here at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. A thought on on where the playoffs headed with the expansion to 12, 12 the best number, too much, too little, or it is what it's going to be. So, you, you, you work know, with I, it. I, I thought four was the right number. Um, I, I think twelve. You know, looking at it, thinking about it a little more. My one concern uh, is number of games. But you, you you see some of these other, the you know whatever the league is, uh, South Dakota State. Uh, is playing uh, that many games in their playoff. And uh, I think coaches would have to adjust how they practice and that type of thing. But I love the accessibility for more schools. I love the fact that it would keep an interest throughout the season for a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, how many times have you heard second week into the season they're talking about somebody's out of the, out of the hunt, race, you right? know, and, and, uh, and then some people aren't interested uh, because uh, they don't have a chance to make the – the playoffs um you know a lot of teams will have an opportunity throughout the season to be a top 12 team so i, I really like that fact and i think it keeps interest up in college football 
uh, much better than it does now. Barry Alvarez with us. Last thought, Coach. Word on Texas and Oklahoma potentially looking at the SEC and are we done with uh, with conference expansion and where does the Big Ten fall into that I know it's you're, you're not the commissioner but again you know college football how do you how do you can you get the crystal ball out I guess for either yeah, the Big you know Ten what? I thought I thought that was very interesting timing for that all to, right, to with come out media days, uh-huh. uh, during media days um, we have not broached that in any of our meetings and uh, Lord knows we've had a ton of meetings uh, as athletic directors, and uh, we have never broached uh, expansion. So, you know, depending on where this goes, uh, that's something that, you know, maybe there'll be some more discussion about or some things that we have to bring to the table. But I can honestly say that we have not broached that. We've not talked about it. And I was, I was surprised like everyone else was when it was brought to everyone's attention. Uh, you just wonder why, quite frankly. Well, you look at the SEC and they're, where they're at with uh, with Bama and company, and you had Texas and OU as, as a as a former Nebraska guy, all those day after Thanksgiving uh, showdowns with OU, yeah. that'd be a little different, wouldn't it? Well, I tell you what, those were pretty special. Mm-hmm. But those were the days when I played. It was one, one game on TV, so you always knew you are going to get TV at least once a year. Yeah. But uh, those were pretty special, and you know, and the, those regional rivalries are pretty, pretty awesome. I'm glad Nebraska's playing them again this year. Yep, down in Norman, it'll be, uh, it'll be a good time. Barry Alvarez with us, Coach. Good to see you again. Absolutely. Thanks for your time. You bet. Always good to see you. Barry Alvarez uh, with us here. Big Ten Media Days, Hale Varsity Radio. Almost going to put a bow on uh, day one here at Lucas Oil Stadium. Some final thoughts. A uh, full load tomorrow. As uh, we are uh, about ready to say goodbye, day one here with Hale Varsity in Indy. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here in Indy, day one of Big Ten Media Days. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Much love to a couple of folks that helped uh, bring us to Indy Rods Power Sports in Lincoln. Custom cooling and heating. Uh, salute to you, too. And uh, thanks so much. Uh, we have had a, a great day one. Scott Frost, Deontay Williams, Ben Stilley, Austin Allen, P.J. Fleck, uh, Barry Alvarez, you just heard, and Joel Klatt, and all of those interviews you can hear and also see thanks to uh, StreamYard on Facebook and uh, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, also on the ESPN Twitter, ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle. Uh, Elijah doing a great job of posting content that way. The podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Day one will be uploaded shortly. Some SoundCloud good, some SoundCloud goodies for you from that uh, at some point as well. And loaded up tomorrow, we'll check in with Brock Eward, uh for sure. Uh, James Laronitis, a uh, couple of players from Minnesota and Northwestern, and a full day of Wisconsin. Rutgers. We'll see. We can't run down Noah Vedral, Iowa in town. 
and Jesford Jr. will uh, try and sit down with Mel Tucker in Michigan State. And oh yeah, by the way, Ohio State and could be, would be challenger Indiana. Maybe, maybe uh, the Hoosiers dethrone the Buckeyes with what Indiana's got coming back. You can find us and follow us. Do so on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Tomorrow morning, check us out over on KFOR, KFORnow.com. My half of the morning show with Schmidt Carroll, Dale, and Jeff on KFOR, 6 to 9 a.m. Central. Back at it, and then uh, rocking and rolling 4 to 6 here in Indy for Hale Varsity Radio. Elijah, I'm going to go pour a vodka. What's uh, what's uh, on on your uh, bingo card here? Well, I've been here all day and I still haven't gotten my uh, my daily run in. So I think I'm going to go home, go for a go for a little run, eat some dinner, and then probably go to bed at 8 p.m. If I'm lucky. Yeah, you know what? That's that's what I'm thinking here. It's uh, seven indie time. I will go find a taco, or I will go find a uh, a bar with some ice. Dr. Petey and Aaron Sorensen here on site for Hale Varsity. They're like, shut up and let us leave. And I'm like, uh, shortly. The, the shot clock is on. It's not, it's not buzzed at me yet. So the uh, Hale Varsity crew all over it uh, with uh, Derek Peterson and Aaron Sorensen. So, yeah, good day one from Indy. We'll see who else uh, wanders by Radio Row. And uh, we can run down. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. Want to hear from you uh, when it comes to the Hale Varsity podcast. Uh, Google, Spotify, iTunes is uh, where you go. And uh, check out the Sit Down with Scott Frost. Check out Joel Klatt. And uh, Barry Alvarez said it. He's like, look, man, I've been in four billion, I'm exaggerating, but a lot of Zoom meetings. And expansion not on the table for the Big Ten. We'll see if that is a stance they stick with as Texas and Oklahoma are not on the Big 12 conference call tonight. For Elijah Herbal, who's killed it always, Chris Schmidt, back at you tomorrow morning with Hale Varsity.